Hello all and welcome back to the Making a Difference for Us podcast. I'm your host Margo and I'm joined today by Edwin, Kevin, and Christine and today we'll be discussing LGBTQ plus rights. I would like to begin with defining according to the Cambridge Dictionary the definitions of sex, sexuality, and gender. Beginning with sex, it refers to the state of being male or female relating to the reproductive organs. Sexuality relates to someone's ability to experience or express sexual feelings, and gender relates to a group of people in a society who share particular qualities or ways of behaving which that society associates with being male, female, or another identity. And jumping into our questions, I would like to go ahead and start with Kevin with our three questions for today, beginning with, if church and state are supposed to be separate in government, then how are laws limiting people who identify as LGBTQ plus not related to religious beliefs? Should the U.S. recognize same-sex domestic partnership the same way it recognizes same-sex marriage? And does it or society owe this to those who identify as LGBTQ plus? And finally, are we segmenting society by having or suggesting inclusive sex education in schools that could help prevent discrimination to the LGBTQ plus community? even when the basis has always been man or woman? Well, thanks, Myrtle. Uh, first question, if church and state opposed to the separation of government, then how are laws limiting people who identify as LGBTQIA+, not related to religious, religious beliefs? I want to start off with the first phase, and this is one of the things I just looked at in a site. It said, first of all, the phase separation of church and state does not appear in the Constitution, but there is the First Amendment that talks about the freedom of religion, speech, assembly, and partition. So I really want to look at one of those things. I, I want to start back with the platform of when we started talking about the search, uh, church versus state. And Je Jefferson argued that government was derived their power for the people, hence for the people. And the ideal inspired by the writings of the Enlightenment of the philosopher of, of Rose and Payne, Rousseau and Payne, amongst others. Both men believed that people and their government had an unspoken agreement called a social contract. Focus, social contract. According to this agreement, the people had the rights to create a government where when at one time there was no longer protecting their interests. The ideal was radical. Can you believe that? Back then, this was a radical ideal because at the time, the Europeans believed that the divine right of kings, that God, God's wanted kings to rule and give them their power. Can you believe that? Talking about that. So you're saying now Jefferson at the time was trying to identify how powerful the church is. But also the understanding what I talked about before is that the government was derived there by the power for the people, not by the church, not by the gods, but for the people. And that's why we have the First Amendment. And that is why we have not really, and we talked about that they said it was really impacting the culture. And what does that culture mean? So once again, some believe that we had church to allow us that value and principle and the etiquette behind all those pieces. And if we had a good foundation there, we would be able to lead our government for the people. And that's why it's never set there and saying separation of church and state. But to understand that, that radical ideal that because of Europeans believe that the, the divine right of kings that were known by gods that gave them the power. In their decoration, we introduced the idea of holding monarchies and government accountable to the people. So 
I love that part where, as um, Jefferson phrased, all men are created equal. Once again, I said all men, and this is where that interpretation is where we're going today with this topic. Once again, we have evolved from that form of bonds between the colonialists from all classes of walks of life. The colonials also agreed that all men had certain rights that no one could take away, including their right, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So today, that's what we're challenging, the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, no matter where you see yourself and how you believe in that God and how you believe at this point our laws are generated for the people. Now we're having people trying to identify what is that for the people and when it comes to gender identity. And those seven words made makes Americans great today, and it separates those in, individuals in Europe and the rest of the world. So those seven words, as we look at it, Americans always strive to improve their lives regardless of their class, religion, eventually gender and race. That is the American dream, those seven words. So I want to make sure that we're aligned with that. And one of the things I really want to shed is because the first law that came across that interracial people could not marry, that started in Maryland in 1661. The first law that said me and my wife could not be married because we basically had different colored skins, 1961. Here's a kicker, 2000 is when Alabama became the last state in the union that removed that law. And yet and still, we're sitting here talking about, once again, gender identity and, and the mentality, because everything I've always talked about is how we evolve. So to me, those are the things, the essence that we have to start looking at is what Jefferson was talking about being radical for the time, for the time. Okay, even though he stated men and everyone's going to go back, but that's what he left open for our interpretations of how we grow, how we look at the amendments and how we grow as a person. So we're talking about the second question. I love this article by uh, Smallworth, Smallwood and uh, his name is Jeff um, Johnston. I believe we have a conundrum here. And we were talking about that conundrum because just recently there was a masterpiece cupcake shot LDT that was actually doing the Colorado Civil Rights Commission and he basically said, I can serve and make cakes for who I choose because of my religious beliefs and practices. The courts uphold that because it's religious beliefs. But this is where it comes into that conundrum that we're facing today. Because those same individuals who are same-sex marriage, think about this. It's perhaps the fair thing to do is to take into the advance the notion that marriage is held sacred by non-church-going people as well. Same-sex couples have religious beliefs. In fact, when you're talking about the venue, they purchased a cake to celebrate that, the covenant relationship between them, the length and repeated vows and the celebrating the conditional that ties into that cake and to support deeply held religious beliefs. The religious beliefs does not identify sex. It talks about your beliefs and your practices. And the court should never, because here's that little, let's say, conundrum. You're saying one thing is religious, but then you're coming back and saying the same individuals have religious practice and beliefs and practices. So how do we line those up? So this is where I'm really coming back to is that piece. And the second question we're talking about having inclusive sex education in schools. Ask yourself this simple question. Are we evolving or not? Okay, remember I talked about Jefferson understand that radical approach. We, we use religion and our rights when it best suits our personal interests. 
So let's talk about that as a whole, as we work together. Education is power. By being education is power, if we didn't think about what Jefferson did to challenge your system, to look at a radical ideal that met. So once again, I could not have married my wife in Alabama in 1999 based on the laws. So if, as we're talking about this, to me, this is a radical question that we have to start looking at versus trying to separate it. That's my point about gender rights, me being able to choose who I want, not because someone's law is going to dictate how I feel or my religious beliefs and practices. So that's what the First Amendment allows us to do. But for some reason, people think that I don't have that peace because it's a law or someone there. Because once again, I'm going back to that same as the American dream, allowing us to have that peace where we're talking about those seven words, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And if that means two males getting married, the pursuit of happiness does not impact my world because I believe that constitution, those amendments, I believe about the church if I have those practices, but it's, I'll be damned if I'm going to have someone try to dictate because of their beliefs and practice when they have not walked a mile in my shoes. Thanks, Margo. Thank you, Kevin. And Edwin, if you'd like to go ahead and give us your thoughts on today's questions. Sure. So first question, safeguarding religious freedoms, not at odds with protecting gay and transgender people from discrimination in their daily lives. Well, you know what, if you look at church and state, I'm not sure that either one of them are being limited by church or state due to the fact that maybe they're limiting acronyms, people labeling. You know, in the past, it's just been male or female. And, you know, there's no limitation to those. That's that's still that's still wide open and, and people are free to do what they want to do with, with that. And so adding all the acronyms and, and in my opinion, adding a state of confusion to what really they are talking about as far as rights between the two and whether or not there's a separation church and state on limitations on people's freedoms. I think that's I think that's maybe a, a, a wrong view because you know men and women has been, always been identified as men and women and, and LGBTQIA plus it's an acronym so we continue to add to those acronyms and, and you know maybe there's some limitations there only because people are less understanding or, or don't understand when it could be just very simple they either identify male or female forcing society to to change their their opinion and their views because of somebody's personal beliefs maybe that's an imposition should the U.S. recognize same-sex domestic partnership the same way recognize same-sex marriage? Do we owe that to the LGBTQIA plus community? I think same-sex marriages are recognized. I think same-sex domestic partnerships are recognized. Now, I do know that all 50 states have made it legal to have same-sex marriages, so I'm not sure where the, the issue lies there. Again, we're also enforcing laws that are ever-changing. And we're also trying to enforce laws to change to accept different acronyms as descriptive names for people, as labels. And if you look at it, marriage, that's something that's very personal. It's between two people. It doesn't matter if it's same sex or not. That's people's personal information, people's personal business. It's not up to me or anybody else to, to pass judgment on people who they marry. I think we go down this society, we go down the road in this society where we're just wanting to 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 judge when there's no need to 
again, keeping it simple, what, what, uh, as, as far as gender goes, there's men and women. Don't really care what your sexual preference is, but it's getting really tough to try to keep up with all the acronyms that people wake up and want to identify with something else. And that's just not, it's an, it, it, it imposes on, on very conservative beliefs. And are we segment society or uh, by having or suggesting inclusive sex education schools that help could help prevent discrimination? I don't know that that helps or hurts because at some point, do you really want your children exposed to some of these things so early on when that's something that actually, if, it, if it's a, a thing that's in your household, maybe that's something you share with your child and not have a school sharing that with your child. Again, I think that's an imposition and it may be an imposition of what people are taught at their own homes for somebody to talk about these things in a school environment. That's all I have. And I'm looking forward to the roundtable discussion. Thank you, Margaret. Kevin. Thank you, Edwin. And Christine, if you'd like to go ahead and give us your thoughts on today's questions. Absolutely. Thanks, Margo. Thanks, Kevin and Edwin. Um, in regards to the first question about the church and state, um, what it makes me come back to is the is how this country was founded. <laughs> we, it, Europeans, invaded this country and took over and pushed aside the Native Americans um, in Native in in different parts of North America, in the what is defined as the U.S. region now, anyway, um, and particularly too in the Great Lakes region where I'm located, there were several um, what were known as um, what are known, excuse me, as two-spirited folks. So these were Native Americans who um, maybe physically were um, either had were male or female. However, they were drawn. Like if I was um, a two-spirited female, then perhaps I was more drawn to what were the typical male um, duties as far as hunting and things. And my role then would be to marry a more feminine female. And that wasn't looked at as gay or um, same-sex marriage or anything like that. It was just what society, that's just how their, that's just how their society operated. And to think that we have these Europeans coming in and saying, oh, no, 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 no. This is how you're actually going to do things. And just pretending that those folks didn't exist. Um, it led to either uh, murder or suicide, essentially. And, and that theme has then carried over into into where we are today. Yes, same-sex marriages is recognized. Yes, uh, domestic partnership and civil unions are recognized-ish in um, many states across the the nation. My understanding anyway, again, I'll, people always correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but so in that sense, there's an undertone um, that comes along with the, the Euro Christian European views that came over, which citizens today of the U.S. who still uh, resonate with those values and those beliefs, although the law, the law might not um, explicitly come out and say that, um, like, we're making this determination because we're going to put this law in place um, and it's going to limit the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, I mean, not say that, the undertone is there and you can pretty much defined based on religious belief, who's going to support a lot. And if you get enough folks in a certain religious community supporting a law um, and voting for it, well, then it's probably going to go into action. And that I, I understand too, that could be from both sides, right? That could be from both sides of the plate. Um, so is there a, is there something specifically limiting it to based on religious beliefs? No, um, the the media is great at portraying um, 
<laughs> anything they want. So the media can fuel some of those, um, oh, those blurred lines, I suppose, those assumptions, how I'm kind of assuming, right, that uh, folks of a certain religious identification, Christians um, in particular, not all Christians, right, but the uh, conservative folks who do not believe in um, same-sex marriage or don't believe that uh, those folks should have the same sort of rights. The law might not explicitly say it's because of our religious beliefs, but you can, you tend to see who votes for what, I guess is what I'm getting at. Um, as far as the same-sex domestic partnership, um, do we owe it to the, I think we owe it to everybody. Like Kevin was saying, like this pursuit of this life, liberty, and happiness. If I am a male and I feel the most like the happiest marrying a male, then great, go me. And I would hope that that would be respected. I'm not asking anyone else to, um, to believe the same way I do, like to act out their lives, excuse me, is the same way that I do. However, I, I would choose to show respect to um, a, like a, a cis gender heterosexual couple and so therefore, if I were in a homosexual relationship, I would anticipate the same type of respect. I'm not judging someone else for, you know, having the heterosexual relationship. So therefore, why should I suffer for having a homosexual relationship um, and not be guaranteed the same rights and recognition for same-sex domestic partnership? And as far as education in school, sex education, are we segmenting society by having or suggesting inclusive sex education in school? Well, I guess you could divide it into segments or section as far as the education piece goes, but we've already segmented and excluded some folks. You know, how many children in this nation have grown up and now maybe are, are they're young adults, they're old adults, they've passed on who they couldn't identify with that. And they were taught that this is the one way that it's supposed to be. The cure it is for um, a male, and female, and this is just how it, it's going to be. That's how, those are the relationships that you have. And if they don't come from a safe home, then it, where they can express themselves, like if, if, if the child's like, well, this doesn't resonate with me, I'm, I'm a female and I am really drawn to females sexually, but this is, this is what the school is teaching me. And so basically I'm making a wrong decision or I am wrong, you know, and who, how, you know, so many kids have suffered in that way over the years. Are we, by offering that information in sex education, that broader spectrum, it's, in my opinion, it's only going to create more compassion in the long term. Is there going to be some kid that targets another kid? Yeah, probably, unfortunately. So I think our role as parents, educators, whatever our role in society, society might be, is to shift that and be more inclusive with that. Um, and maybe there's that one kid who's going to hear that and and be like, oh, there are other forms of sex and, and protection around sex and all these tools and things that I might not get from the home. I might not get anywhere else. If they're going to be teaching sex, sex education in school, then they got to include it all because they're welcoming all the students, but yet at the same way, they're failing some students, in my opinion, if they're not including um, the more non-traditional ways of sexual um, identification and sexual orientation, or excuse me, gender identification or sexual orientation. So I guess, could it be segmenting things? Um, sure, like if, I guess if you wanna have segments or sections of the education, but if anything, it's going to, in the long term, I believe, create more compassion and understanding and save lives of our youth. 
Thank you, everyone, and Christine. Uh, we are now going to transition into our roundtable discussion, and I'd like to start out with the question, do you believe that all people deserve respect? I'll go ahead and answer. Yeah. Respect respect is something that I think is earned. So I, if, you, if, you, if you earn the respect, I'll give you the respect, and that, that means it's got to be a two-way street. It's got to re be reciprocal. So if you respect me, I can respect you. We can respect each other's differences. However, I mean, there's people out here, there are people out there that don't respect people for their beliefs, even though that's not impacting them. And that's where the issue is, I assume. Well, I love that one. I love how you brought that one in, and I'm glad you teed that up. Um, in my profession, one of the things I'm starting to find out is where I'm at and, and trying to help people, there's a difference between trust and respect. And I kind of use this simple phrase or you know, analogy. There are a lot of people in prison today who felt that they have been disrespected. Okay. And it's not about trust because they've get into an, a group of individuals that they trust. But once they're in that piece and you're saying trust, was I disrespected? And sometimes people will put their life on the line when it comes to sometimes respect. And I think when it comes to this, when we're talking about it, Respect is a key part is how we look at things and how we want to, once again, goes back to what we we're talking about earlier, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And if I can't do that in a dignified manner and a respectful manner, it's hard for anyone to start having their own uh, identity to be recognized. And a lot of individuals who now come out and look at it, that is one of the hardest things that they have to do, just from what my experience with, with individuals especially in younger days or a long time ago for me to come out and say that I'm actually gay because it was gay. That was all there was at, you know, at that point. And that's why we stopped using that, that phrase gay in their community in a sense of a negative connotation, you know, and I think that's one of the things as we're looking at it is being able to have self-worth and to respect who I am. And to me, it's very important, you know, Margo, as you talk about that question, is because there are a lot of people felt like they're being disrespected and they will actually fight for that piece. And then it has nothing to do with trust. Yeah. Hey, Kevin, but uh, if, you know, if you were gay and you came out and said you were a gay man, couldn't you just be a man? The question you is, you, you, don't, you don't need the descriptive. You don't need the descriptive around it. Do you? Well, I, I think this is one of the things this is what I was talking about earlier. You can see my characteristics as being black, but if all of a sudden, if I came in with another gentleman and I'm holding hands, the first thing is your perception is that how, if you're not used to that piece, then, then you're going to say, Hey, and so there's nothing physically that actually gives, you know, I don't want to say this in a, in a rude way. When we talk about uh, gay uh, radar, there's nothing that's lighting up the sister and said, this person is gay because what they're doing is now allowing to build that confidence to say, I can be whoever I am. But now people perceived and they want to start off with that so that you don't jump into that exception of, oh, I didn't know or whatever. I think that is a softening side of saying society has still not as identified my, as a person because how I feel and how I choose. So it is environment that has created that, that I have to start off with that question so that I can actually eliminate any of your unconscious bias and practice behind that. Is it right for people just to sit there and say, I'm a person? But if you come back later on and find out that I'm a gay person, would that change your perspective? So now me being black, married to a white female, 
it's out there. You can see it. You can touch it, taste it, feel it. But how I feel and how I choose to, you know, be with my partner, whoever, society has put that negative connotation to it. So he just what he wants to do is level set that piece so people now know how to treat me. Once you know that, you got a question, either keep him as a friend or go, ooh, I just got cooties. So there's a lot of factors around there. I wish we can honestly say today that we're there. But I hope one day I can't even sit there. We still have issues with the color of our skin. Can you imagine now putting a color of a skin and on top of it having some sort of gender issue? So you see where our society has created us to that piece. Because in our own race, as a black race, the darker your skin, people perceive that as less privilege. So I'm just going to use that through my lifetime. Those who are lighter skin and have good hair, because remember our grandmother, oh, baby, you got good hair. You remember those conversations with our grandmother? So those are the things is as we evolve, we got to be very conscious of how we seem or demonize people because of not looking like us. I think it's important to acknowledge that people specify whether they are gay, bi, or whatever it may be, because traditionally our society's automatic thought is that someone is cisgender, which means they identify as the sex they were born with and they also are attracted to the opposite sex and what society deems as traditional and you're right on because we've talked about in an earlier life back before we had anything it was religion that actually answered a lot of those questions and one of the things i just saw is that if science and religion started at the same time what would you think would be the case? And that's one of the things I was just listening to uh, a, a, a section that talked about religion and how that balanced with science. And once again, we still have so many unknowns. We're getting better from science, but the, you know, the other gentlemen said we're on this conversations were all different demographics of religion. And they say, no matter how science comes along, there's a part of science that we still don't know. So that gives us our face-based practice. So it's not going to sit there and say that one is 50-50. We're just getting better with the sciences for a lot of things that we're trying to understand. And so that, I take that as, like you said, the brain. We know the neuroscientists today says we know very little about the human brain. But now we're going to take that human brain and put it back into religion because I choose to choose who I feel. And that is more or less the neuroscience part about it. But religion says those two in the Bible says it should be man and women. And then you sit back there, and this is where the argument comes. Who said that? How was that originated? And can you, as a scientist, prove that theory? So we have a lot of stuff around having faith, but understanding how does science and religion come together? Because when you think about it, when we say a prodigy, and if my son or daughter was a prodigy, that means it has exceptional quality. Also, okay, because that's accepted. Because we know a prodigy is someone who said, so what is the difference by my kid now coming out being not a prodigy, but happens to be gay? So I accept that because it's negative. So those are the questions I'll ask. And sometimes in the brain, all of a sudden, how does a serial killer come about? Was it in his mind or his brain or just because of whatever? Does every kid, does every kid believe that they were uh, prejudiced when they were born? So I just want to sit there. Christine, please. <laughs> I think we all have a lot to say on this topic. It's wonderful. Um, back to Margo's question, does everyone de deserve respect? Absolutely. And when we're talking about this topic in, in particular, um, and what I heard you say, Kevin, about um, 
you know, imagine being black and gay or black and transgender. Um, it will say in 2021 from when they started keeping whoever they is started keeping track of uh, transgender murders. Um, every year there, it was the biggest um, year in murders for uh, the transgender community. 375 people were killed in 2021. Um, and that was 25 more than in 2020. And the highest um, rate, the high, the most targeted uh, folks in those groups are black trans women um, by far. And I don't under, I, I just don't understand why it's so hard to accept, honestly. And that's just what I'm gonna say. I, um, I was raised a, a Catholic. I have lots of friends who are um, Christian and I've heard different viewpoints, but at least the folks that I circle around with um, and, and folks of other religious beliefs too. But um, in the places that I remember hearing that maybe gay was bad or gay just meant like scandalous or gay was something that you, um, that means you're probably only in theater and that you go to the bar, you know, these, the gay bars, or all these other things that I remember hearing, the older I got, it just it didn't seem like any of that was really real. Uh, I have a lot of friends who are Christian who, um, who accept people where they're at and have no judgment. So I, I don't want to just single out Christians in particular, but um, conservative Christians who don't <laughs> offer that kind of respect to, to human beings, human beings, um, they can disregard them so easily. That is just baffling to me. That is so baffling. Because again, who made the rule? Sure, I guess there was a rule that came over from Europe, right? And that's for some reason what we've been sticking to for a very, very, very long time. Yet this whole concept of um, having a different sexual orientation or gender identity outside of the uh, cis male female, it, we're acting as if this is like a new concept that all these, um, that people are just rebelling and people are trying to go against the norm and people want special attention. It's like, or <laughs> those communities have been suppressed for so long, they're finally finding a voice. They're finding their voice and they're finding that, okay, I feel a little more safe. I don't feel like I'm going to be targeted as much or whatever it might be. They may have found their sense of community. Um, so the fact that we are, we as a nation are not recognizing the LGBTQIA plus community just um, the same way that we do cisgender folks is just baffling to me. And I think it's harmful. I think we're killing people by doing it. Something that I think I won't ever be able to understand is how respecting someone's feelings could bother a person or make them upset or is something difficult to do or something that you wouldn't want to do. Yeah, I second that. Like why, <laughs> we are all in control of how we spend our energy, right? And, and to be stuck in a place where I'm holding a grudge or using up so much of my own energy to create hate and disgust and whatever else it might be and just to, to be intentionally disrespectful, gosh, if those same efforts were put into love and compassion or just understanding, no one is saying like, by the way, this is how I live, so therefore you should, if I were, if I were like in a gay marriage, yet we are very much getting it from the other way. Or when I hear folks talk about more inclusive language using um, instead of just male, female, or boys and girls, they might say, okay, kiddos, or hey, or just say they. Um, like, there's this whole thing with Disney right now, right? Because Disney is opting to not use boys and girls, or, um, yeah, it was boys and girls, and so they're just using more inclusive language. So all over YouTube, I guess, there are these um, 
who happen to be the ones that I've seen Christian couples like tearing apart their garments, just destroying clothing as a protest to Disney, like is Disney attire. I'm thinking like, oh my goodness, how many people are clothesless? Like go donate those clothes. Yet you're choosing to live in so much hate and disrespect that you are making these public actions. Like people are entitled to opinions. That's very true, right? Um, But to put so much effort into destroying someone. I mean, again, I just go back to this. I'm not trying to be so dramatic, but we are killing people. We are killing people by allowing this to happen or by choosing to worse to participate in it. I don't know which is worse, actually. They're both just awful. What's the, what is the desired outcome of the LGBTQIA plus movement? What, what's, what are I don't know. Have you asked them? With? Yeah. Well, what's that? Have you asked them? I don't know. I don't know. I'm completely ignorant. I'm asking the question because I don't know. I'm very confused. I don't understand. I mean, if you're a gay man, you're a gay man. And you're a gay woman, gay woman. Who cares? It doesn't matter to me. You might not care, Edwin. You might not care. But there's enough in place in this nation, supported by enough people that do care and that are out to make us think about it, that they are creating harm they're teaching other children it's okay to harm i'm not no one is asking every (laughs) just because you're okay with someone getting like just because you support someone with gay marriage doesn't make you gay you know it's not like you start hanging out with gay folks and now you're gay you start learning about sexual education that is outside of the the typical male female it doesn't mean you're going to convert someone to being gay or a lesbian or whatever else if anything you're it's just going to open it up and reach out to that person who needs to hear it who needs their life safe who needs to feel included who's getting treated like shit at home that couldn't come there you know maybe they're going to find the friend maybe they're going to find the counselor the teacher the whoever that is going to support them and keep them alive so what is their goal they want to be seen i think about this with Black Lives Matter a little bit. I mean, it's just a lot of intersectionality, right? With Black Lives Matter, there's a movement to be seen and be heard and change in policy. And they're different. They're very different. So I'm not trying to lump them together. But what I see is a is a minority group who has not been recognized in this country, who has been a target of hate crimes, and they're sick of it. They don't, they they want to stop dying. That's my interpretation. Yeah, well, you know, back to what I said, I think the whole Black Lives Matter thing, very much a parallel situation. However, that's more of a justice situation, making sure there's fair justice, right? So when we <laughs> no, look at- Justice, hold on, hold on. Justice, we're talking about justice. There has not been justice for this community. Yeah, but- There have been to- just injustice. Yeah, but, but why do we need the acronyms? It's about representation. Well, I, and I will also say that I've heard from the gay, from the community that, like, even folks within that community, let's say, well, why do we have to have all the letters? Why keep more? Why keep more? We're going to lose track of them all. And then what I've heard is, like, people are like, well, we just want a place to be heard. What does it matter if there are acronyms or not? Is it because it's too challenging for someone to, then you know what? Blanket state queer community, you know? Just well, queer community. Hey. 
Hey, Christine, I understand where you're coming from. This is the problem right now. It's because you can't put a label stuff that you can't see. This is where I was talking about earlier. When you're talking about race, you can see it. You can divide. You understand it's right there in your face. But when you're talking about a mental understanding of how I feel about myself and how I choose to live my life has all those acronyms. And that's the point we're trying to get to is that there is a lot of things going on and I can't sit there. So I'm supposed to put, once again, it's almost like the scarlet letter or the patch for the religious things when you're talking about World War II with the Jewish. They had the patch on their shoulder to identify it because they couldn't tell who was Jewish and who wasn't. So now we have to put a scarlet letter on someone to see that because right now that's how they feel. Because when they come in there and acknowledge that fact and then individuals that don't understand it as well, you couldn't be born into it. You, someone must have influenced you to do that. And so when we're talking about education. Once again, the people who actually start feeling that way, they're trapped inside their body. And now they get a platform because what they've seen is individuals being hurt and killed because of someone saying that, well, you can't be gay, queer, or what all this other stuff with this acronym. They're trying to help people understand there is a lot more pieces in trying to lump it into a certain bucket but they still come back and, and, and tackle it at a different way. So to me, we're at that educational piece. We've got to evolve. I don't care if there's 24 acronyms and making sure everyone's heard. Once we figure that out, like you said, it could be one word, but it's not up to me to define how people, that's what you're talking about, all-inclusive. All-inclusive saying, I'm a black person. I cannot speak on behalf of all black people. All I can speak on is on my black experience and how I see myself. And so if someone comes back and as I'm trying to be getting into this inclusive environment, all they're asking is support and help. They're dropping that pebble into that lake, giving the ripple effects so people like myself will understand and fight for them when injustice has taken place. But if we don't do it, the injustice and people are going to be, once again, it goes back to in the early 1900s, hanging people. Okay, hanging black folks was almost a parade because people were taking body parts home, putting it on the shelf. And they said this was their trophy. That is disgusting when you think about what this U.S. has done to the black community. That was in the 1900s. We still had lynchings that taken place. So what do you think that someone who has a gender concern and that should I come out or will he be vi victimized? So all we're doing is educate and evolve him. So who in the right mind has put this next person on the totem pole to sit there and deem what is right and what is wrong? I've heard that it's the it's the queer community wanting special privilege, special special privileges. No, we just kind of want to be acknowledged as human beings and have the same the same rights and um, be able to marry who we want, love who we want, and live how we want, um, not harming anybody. You might have a different opinion and a different way that you choose to live, but gosh, can I just be treated like a human being? And receive the same the same treatment by the law that that a cis heterosexual person would. And I think the best way to do that is get rid of the labels. Get rid of the labels because labels make it easier. Well, what is what is like really? What do the labels have to do with this? Like why why is why are those labels? Exactly, get rid of them because you know what I think labels allow people to pass judgment based on the labels. But I you. think that, I mean, the thing is when you throw in labels and you're saying what's the point of labels and labels allow someone to be judged, 
well, maybe something that's very important about having labels is that people shouldn't be judging based off of someone's label. It's about visibility and being recognized. Um, I think about adding pronouns, right? To when people have, have their pronouns added to email lists or whatever it might be, um, they might be a cis identifying person. However, showing that if you put your pronouns out there, it's like, hey, I, here are my pronouns. Here's an this means I would love to know yours too. I like the acronyms, but I will not. And for my own personal beliefs, I will not put a little bracket after my name, seeing how I want to be hurt. What I'm going to be hurt is Kevin Blue. I'm not asking for Mr. Blue. I am not asking for someone to address me who I am. That is my name. How I perceive and how I act is how going to be where people will judge me from. That's just me, but I am also going to be inclusive to that community and understand where they're coming from with respect, but that's it. I want to understand you, but don't shove it down my throat so that I have to accept it if you're being an asshole about it. So, yes. I'm, and, and maybe I misheard you, but just because one adds their pronouns to the end of an email or on a name tag doesn't mean that um, you can't be referred to as Mr. and Mr. And I'm not saying no. that you have to do that either, but just because they're not there doesn't mean you can't get away from that Mr. Mr. No. Thank you everyone for the hot discussion. And now transitioning into closing statements, I'd like to go ahead and start with Kevin, if you'll give us your closing statement for today. This is like one, it's again, one of those hot, hot topics as we talked about abortion. We're moving into this segment. It is because the unknown. I always realize in subject that some ignorance actually draws wrong behaviors, you know, and that's when we're talking about religious practices and science. And at one point in time, religion was created because we didn't know how things were created or evolved. I think we're getting better with science. And I still think right now we know very little about the mind. There's a lot of things that impact us, but we're getting better. And how we see and, and continue to perceive things as we see it. I believe there's a big part of us of unconscious biases that go along with those. As we get older, we start building those pieces. But as we're younger, we're talking about education. We are do not sell our kids short because kids today are so much smarter than they ever have been. And if we start teaching and exposing them to the things that they're going to face, we're kidding ourselves. If we think we're going to you know, cover our, um, cover our kids' eyes and not think the world is mean and cruel, I'm sorry, but the, the world is mean and cruel. And as early as they can actually do it with the right information to pre prepare themselves for the future by education and, and driving forth that piece, but to sit there and put them in a box and everything's a hunky dory, what the age level that we start educating to me, the sooner the better. So people can start realizing what the world's all about versus when they get 18 years old, all of a sudden they realize that life is not fair. So with this piece, it's a tough topic. It makes it tough because as we evolve as society as a whole, we're going to see more things come up to us as we're facing those challenging opportunities in the future. So thanks again, both of you, all three of you, at one, Christine and Margo, about this conversation today. So thank you. Thank you, Kevin. And Edwin, if you'd like to go ahead and give us your closing statements for today. Yeah, well, I'd say thanks, Kevin and Christine and Margo for uh, being part of this podcast and more importantly, I think I'm just as confused, just as uninformed as I was prior to this, because I still have a lot of things I don't understand. And I hope that, you know, maybe our listeners will uh, maybe send some suggestions and expand on uh, the conversation we had, maybe even suggest some books maybe I can read. Because by all means, I want to give everybody their due respect. And I, I you know, 
I want to treat people the way I want to be treated. And that's with respect. You know, there's a lot of things out there. Kevin's talking about teaching kids early. I understand that's probably important. However, I think there's some things about what we teach our kids and when we teach them, we've got to be very careful because we have a very, you know, they're very sensitive minds. If you read the Dr. Spock books and some of those things where kids are predetermined to be who they're going to be when they're 14 years old, maybe that 14 year old age group is where we can talk about these things. But I don't know if it should work any sooner than that. You know, I don't know that we really need to talk about sexual engineering or gender reassignment at, at, at an early age. That just seems a bit much for a child to take in at a very early age. So um, I agree that education is key. I believe that we are probably not sharing enough information and we're not allowed, we're allowing it to be, you know, more religious, more, more, more culture based, more biological based these days. We're, we're, we're allowing all these things to really shape our opinion about what we're talking about. And if you don't have the, the, the background behind you, the education behind you to make good solid decisions and understand that, you know, this world really exists of two kinds of people. Those are good people and bad people. Nothing else really matters. And until we can get that as a whole, we're always going to have titles and judgment and all these things that are out there. I just want to get to the point where, you know, we all look at each other and we're all just seeing a person. We're not seeing a, a boy or a girl. We're seeing a person and we're seeing, a, we're seeing good people. We're all around like-minded people. So I think this is why this podcast works. I think in a certain way, we're like-minded people wanting to understand what we don't understand. So if you're one of those people that are out there, please help us become more politically correct. And maybe we can do the same for you. That's all. Thank you, Edwin and Christine. Finally, if you'd like to go ahead and give us your closing statement for today. Thanks, Margo. Um, Thanks, Edwin and Kevin. Uh, clearly, I have a lot of passion about this topic, and and I may have said some wrong things too. Some some things that I have been educated incorrectly or under understand incorrectly, um, and there's so much I don't understand about many of these topics that we talk about in these episodes, and and that's why that's why I show up to talk about them. some things I'm a little more passionate about and feel like it's a part of my, I don't know, the things that I just choose to stand behind and the things that have drawn me in to learn more. And this, this happens to be one of them. Um, I, yeah, I still have a lot to learn and I appreciate the discussion. Um, and the fact that people, <laughs> here's the thing too, that I have heard. It's like, you don't have to understand it all meaning like just any insert anything that you might have questions about uh, in regards to the LGBTQI plus community. But um, if someone is willing to learn and offer love and compassion, that's like, that's the big start. That's the big key, you know, and um, there, there is a lot to be learned. Um, but if we can just go back to the basics of respect and, and focus on the love instead of coming from some hate, it takes, so much more energy to come from a place of hate than it comes from a place than from a place of love. And I'm not trying to disregard anyone that may have been in certain situations um, that involve a, a traumatic experience where they're having a hard time with love in, in a certain situation around something. I'm not trying to disregard that. Like if you could just insert love, life's going to be perfect. That is not what I'm, that's not what I'm saying. Um, 
but in just because I don't understand something, I didn't understand a lot about some of these topics. It doesn't make me bad. It doesn't make me wrong. It's just how I, how I choose to move forward. Do I choose to continue to educate myself? Um, and and see of maybe how I can be of help and support well then I'm on the right track I guess so I appreciate the open discussions around this um and I I would love to have another episode of this down the road and just see what's brewing see what's going and see where we are as a nation with some of these topics maybe some things will have shifted by then um thanks everyone Thank you all. And for once, I will be having a closing statement as this is something I feel strongly about. I personally will never be able to understand what harm it does by being respectful or educating people or children on things that are seen as not traditional by society. While I identify as a straight cisgender female, I will be honest in that I feel I'm not qualified to be representing a community or group I am not a part of, but do support. I even reached out to friends of mine who don't identify as what is seen as traditional by society because I do not feel I could properly represent them when I've never experienced any type of negativity or hate related to what I identify as. The main thing that I've left this episode with is that there are some people that you can't understand something that you've never experienced. It's hard to say that I understand what you're going through if it's something you've never yourself experienced. That is all I have to say on the matter. Thank you everyone for tuning into today's episode. If you've not listened to our previous episode on energy environment, I implore you to go back and don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you decide to join us on, whether it is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Our website that can be reached at madforus.org. 